You are listening to the Kensington Church Podcast, recorded live in Michigan. To learn more about Kensington, visit kensingtonchurch.org. Good morning. On behalf of all of us here at Kensington Church, welcome. We are so glad that you're here with us this morning, whether in person or online. I'm Sam Frangioni, Associate Director of Student Ministries at our Lake Orion campus. And happy Father's Day to all of you dads out there. How are we celebrating today? Are we barbecuing, going to some buffets, playing a little golf, maybe a little nap on the hammock? My wife and I have two children, Nora and Luca. Nora is three and a half and Luca is just three months old. So we are right in the thick of it. Fatherhood for me has been a a crazy time, but a time I know that where I've learned a little bit more about how God sees us. Thinking of how my three and a half year old, when she really wants to spend time with me, and she actually might choose me over my wife, it happens. Not super often, but it does. And when she chooses to spend time with me, I just get a glimpse of what it looks like. I think of how God feels of when we choose to spend time with him. Now, speaking of kids, there is an awesome group of kids called Kaleo Kids. This musical theater program focuses on the arts as well as character building values like empathy and excellence. In a typical year, Kaleo is an incredible outreach to students from our partner schools. We just completed our spring session and had our first in-person performance since December of 2019. This excitement is firsthand for me because I actually was our Orient Campus music teacher this spring. So I got to spend time with our kindergartners through fifth graders teaching them about music, but also about what it looked like to speak life in their lives. So we have another opportunity coming this summer, Kaleo's Spark Camp. This week-long day camp focuses on music and being loved by Jesus. Students learn and sing worship songs written by other kids. They rotate through classes in music, dance, and drama, and have a guest artist workshop each day from a local talented artist or musician. This is a summer experience that your child does not want to miss. You can find out more and register at kensingtonchurch.org slash kaleo. Another thing that involves our kids, maybe you've heard that we're looking for volunteers in our children's programming for the summer. We aren't choosy. You don't have to be an expert in children or the Bible. I just want to challenge us men to actively pursue being role models for our children. Let's not be passive. Let's not be so comfortable in our seat that we don't even consider pouring into the next generation. So men and women, let's take care of the kids in our community. Now we are in the second week of our summer fashion series, taking a look at the designer label. But before we continue again, happy Father's Day to all you awesome dads. Being a dad is fun, rewarding, and hard work, but it's also pretty cool. All righty. Good morning, Kensington. That was me on the screen. How are we doing? <laughs> yes, it's not. Thanks a, for pointing that out. We're not it wasn't in the Twilight Zone. That was you. We just made that video and now I'm here. It's amazing, (laughs) technology. Hey, I'm gonna say happy Father's Day because it's Father's Day, but the first service, there was only like four people that were excited about it. So I'm gonna preemptively give you an opportunity to be more excited than first service. Okay, they're forewarned. Should we do it? Yep. Okay, happy Father's Father's Day, Day. everybody. How we, yes, wow. Wow. 11 yep. o'clock likes dads. That's yep. a good thing, That's I guess. That's nice. That's very All right. nice. So as mentioned, you've got kids. You're a dad. Happy I, Father's Day, Sam. I do. Thank you, Craig. I have, awesome. a, I have a three and a half year old and a three month old. You already and, told us that. I know. On screen. But uh, I guess, guess what? I got this today. This is, was the Kraft and K-Kids. So for, it's a tie. I was like, they were like holding this out. Why I was are like, you wearing it? Because well, I'm trying. Well, you, yeah, here, let me help. Let I, me help. Is I think I crooked? did it. No, it's crooked. Come okay. 
All right, you getting this? It's beautiful. Does that look all right? It's okay, perfect. cool. Keep it. It's got to stay. Great. So, so hey, I we want to also welcome everybody online. Yes. Right? Because yes. today, where are we at online? Today, are. you are actually part of the Orient community, so we're super thrilled wherever you're watching from. Absolutely. So, as a matter of fact, you should let us know if you go to one of our other campuses or if you're watching from somewhere else. Uh, you're ever bit as much a part of our community as anybody, so let us know where you're watching from. Welcome. Yes. We're and so glad you're here, and we want to say... Happy Father's Day to you as yes, well, thank Craig. You. So I have a special Father's Day this year because my son, for the first time ever, told me he got me a gift. I love my kid. He's 18. He's our first, and uh, he's selfish, so I've never gotten a gift before. <laughs> so he, he says to me the other day, he says, hey, Dad, I got you a gift. I was like, really? And he gave me a price range even. Wow. It was almost 100 bucks. Wow. I'm floored. I'm like, what? That's then awesome. he says this to me. He goes, here's the only problem. It's on back order, so I haven't bought it yet, and it won't be in for a couple months. Mm, How much might, you want to bet he's going to forget in a couple months on Father's be. Day? I ain't it might that still gift. be on back order in a couple That's months. That's good. I should try that next time when my wife's birthday rolls around. Babe, I got you something, but it's on back order? Yep. No? It's uh, probably not a good idea. Okay, preaching, not yep. comedian. Got it. Okay. So here's what we did think we would do to celebrate Father's Day. We can't just give away a gift, but we do have a gift. We're going to tell you about how you can get it in just a minute. First, I'm going to tell you about the gift. If I can pick it up. So, Sam, you tell us about the cooler. Okay, this is a uh, cooler, amazing I'll... cooler, uh, Lake Trail. <laughs> yeah, it takes Look two people that. to unzip her. This what thing is loaded on? with, uh, we've got, we got root beer. beer. Root beer. Uh, some nice chips and salsa. I'm sure there's, there's other things in here, but, I mean, this is... It's nice. This is a nice My cooler. personal favorite, I'm just going to let you know, this was requested by me to be a part of the giveaway package. It is a fly-shooting salt gun. So no longer do you need a fly swatter. You just dump a little bit of table salt in here, and boom! Uh, it can also be used on small, annoying children, I've been told, wow. without leaving permanent mark. That is awesome. <laughs> At least not physically, maybe emotionally. <laughs> So, but we can't just give away a prize on Father's Day. Uh, you're going to have to earn it. Sorry, guys, but here's how we're going to do this. We need two. Two volunteers. Two volunteers. Two dad volunteers. Um, I don't know if you saw it on the way in, but there is a high striker. Yes. Or the strong man. There it is. Yeah, look at lobby. that. You're Live getting shot. a preview if you didn't see it. It goes all the so way to the top. We, we need a couple of dads willing to run out in the lobby with Sam. Yes. And competition on this. There's a couple different ways we're going to do it to see who wins it. So... We'll just pick you if you don't pick you. So come on. We need a couple of dads to stand oh. up, volunteer to want to be a part oh, of this. They're just cheering for we him. We got some super excited. Oh, he is. So I have to go with my All man right. in the, All I think right. light blue. Well, you can just stay Just because there's such excitement with your clan, you're picked. Okay. All right. All right. So you guys are going to follow so me. you're going to follow Sam out into the lobby. I'm going to go this way. I'm going to stay in here and help us kind of get behind Andy, him with can, some cheering. You can head out that door. I will meet you out there. All right. Hustle, Sam. Hustle. We're running. We're running. You're on they're the all clock, waiting dude. for us. This is just like a, a special on how quickly dads move. <laughs> what is your name, sir? My name's Bob. Okay, so we have Bob. Bob is here. And then Andy is coming me. through. Okay, now we are here there it is. out in the lobby. Um, we have a. Oh, goodness. I did not see this. I thought it was missing. So we have it. So that's good. <laughs> so the goal, as you can probably imagine, for this first round, you're just going to hit that. You want the metal thing to go to the top. Does that make sense? Thank you, you gotta, for the explanation. You got to give it everything you have. Andy, are you going to go first? Okay. It's, I do see that. It's, it's part of the... 
don't know how that works. It should work. <laughs> we did. We did this. I've heard it done. Andy, you go All first. Day we'll long find it's out. It's been done. Yep. Hit it with everything you got. <laughs> yeah, it works that, just fine. That was okay. a bell. All right. Okay, about. You got this. You got it. Oh yeah. All right. They so both we were prepared got it. For this. They both got it. We Very have a tie well done. Breaker. So, you got the strength. Now we need the accuracy. So this is where it might take a little finesse. Our goal is to hit it to the 1200 line. Just beneath the 1200 line, before you're a sad sack, just before, just after your oh no. So just, just on that 1200 line. So you wanna hit it about however hard you think you need to get it there. <laughs> oh, that was like down at the, nine, the 900. Okay, Bob. The, the door is open, the window. Oh, he hit it. He, he, I think he got it. I All think right, he got let it him right hear away. You We're gonna go in this way. Awesome. So cool. Hopefully you guys got a little treat on the way in because what says Father's Day like meat sticks. So here you go, Patrick. If you didn't get one, now you got two. So. Uh, all right, who won? What, what was your name Bob, that won? Bob won. Bob won. All right, Bob, well here is your prize. You can shoot flies and drink root beer for the rest of the day. You're welcome. So, all right, this, this is going to be a super hard transition now. Um, so our, our band and our musicians are going to lead us in a couple of minutes of singing. And, you know, one of the words that we use a lot when we describe this moment is the word worship, which is obviously a word that we use outside the church. It's a word that we hear in other places. But it is a word that has a unique meaning inside the church. Because when we have these moments, are you going to shoot me if I'm not good this morning? When we have these moments, our worship is really, I remember hearing this description years ago and I just thought it was brilliant. It is about an attempt on our part to use our words, be they in song or spoken, to ascribe the worth that is God to God. And so I'm so thankful for this crew, for their dedication, for their art, and for what they bring to create for us an opportunity and a space to try to put into words the worth that is our Heavenly Father. So I'll let them take us into it. Yeah, go ahead and stand with us this morning. song singing with us this morning I give you glory for all you brought me through and now I'm ready for whatever you want to do I'm moving forward to follow after you and now with us. 
best is yet to come. Anybody else? The cross before me, my hope on things above. And in you, Jesus, the best is yet to come. Come on, let's lift it up this morning. Your presence is in
song that's if uh you've been around any length of time you know that's one of our favorites here i love matthias man he just he kills it with his voice in that song <clears throat> i think uh i think when you take your hat off you sing better i'm just saying so we have a lot more fun planned for this one i think we have fun if if it's not fun for you that just means my jokes are gonna bomb and my pictures won't be funny later but i think we have a lot of fun still planned for the morning um, we had so much fun in the first service. I feel like I'm already starting to lose my voice, so that better hold out. And here, but here's what I want to do before we go into the rest of it: is I want to acknowledge what is the difficulty of today, which is Father's Day, because for a lot of us today is a day of celebration, but for some of us today is a day of frustration. And I'm well aware of the fact that while some of us are feeling joy on a day like today, some of us are feeling pain. And there's a lot of different reasons why that is. Maybe dads that are gone, dads that weren't the dads they should have been. 
a dad that you're not yet and want to be. And so I just want to acknowledge something that I think is what we just sang, which is an invitation for all of us this morning. Can we put the lyrics back up for a minute of that song? I want to read these for you. Without the ooh part, I'm not going to read that. He says, lay your burdens down here in the Father's house. Check your shame at the door because it ain't welcome anymore. You're in the Father's house. I don't know what the idea of God's house is to you, but I know for a lot of us how we grew up, and and even for some of us somewhere along the way into adulthood, somebody gave us a wrong idea. And the idea that many of us have been given is that the Father's house is this. It's a place of brick and mortar. It's a building, and it's not. The Father's house is not a building. It's a community. It's a people. It's not brick and mortar. It's flesh and blood, which is why in the scriptures it says that where even just two or three of us are gathered, there God is. Like there could literally just be two of us off in some random wooded, fielded, I don't know, area with no building in sight, and that becomes the Father's place, his home, his house. And part of the invitation when you were in the presence of God in this unique thing called his house, where even just a few of us gather and he is there, is that whatever burden we have, we can lay at his feet. And I can't always explain. Matter of fact, I would say most of the time, I can't explain how that works. But I can tell you I've experienced it, like many of you have. The ability to lay something burdensome down before God and just watch it begin to dissipate. Like literally the weight just be removed from our shoulders. This supernatural work that God can do. And so I just want to invite you, if Father's Day for you is not the typical joyful celebration that for whatever reason there is an ache that a day like today creates, I just want to invite you to lay that down as best as possible. Not to diminish in any way what you feel or the unique struggle that maybe today is, but to definitely acknowledge the power of Jesus who says, if you give it to me, I can help you with that weight and with that burden. And so I just hope you're able to lay some of that down this morning because this is what I believe. I'm gonna lean into our dads a little bit today. We're still in the series, week two, summer wardrobe, but it's Father's Day. So I'm gonna lean into our dads a little bit today. Not to ignore the rest of us, but just to have a unique moment to speak to us as fathers. But here's what I also believe as I do that. This book that describes itself as alive and living, that says of itself it has the ability in its words to penetrate to the deepest parts of who we are, to produce life, correction, joy, direction, it has a voice, and it can be heard, and it can change everything. And it can be heard whether or not you believe it speaks. It can be heard and it can also remove burdens. And when the God who wrote this book is present with us, able to make sense of the words he wrote, something beautiful and powerful and even transformative can take place, even if you're walking in with burdens today, or even if you're not. And so I just wanna pray and ask that the one who wrote this, who I believe is uniquely present with us in this community he calls his house, would be the one who owns the stage. Y'all don't need to hear from me for the next hour. I ain't speaking for an hour, by the way. We need to hear from him. So let me pray. Father in heaven, I am thankful for a day like this where we can not just celebrate the different people in our lives that have played the role of a father, but where we get to acknowledge that you, the God of creation, of all the ways that you could describe yourself to us, chose more than any other way to describe yourself as a father. And so today, would you, our dad, would you father us in the way that only you can, to give us ears that hear, hearts that can receive, minds that can understand, 
the ability to move along the journey that we're on, whether we are deeply into this journey, convinced you exist, or whether we're just putting a toe in the water and not really sure about this God stuff. Be a father to us in the way that only you, the God of creation, can. We thank you, we love you, and I'm so glad that there is this true reality of being together with one another creates your home, creates a unique experience of your presence. So may we feel it. In Jesus' name, amen. We, we don't celebrate people per se here for what they do, but I just, I love these guys, and I do celebrate them. Would you just thank them as they walk off for what they create for us? So if you were with us last week or if you were able to catch up online, uh, you know that Jeremiah from our Clarkson campus was with us. He kicked off the first week of the series. thought he did a great job. Excited to have him back at some point in the future. Um, but <laughs> if you were here last week, you also know that he gave me a whole lot of fun making fun of his shirt and his button. You remember this? We actually took a picture of it just to remind you. Yeah, that dude. Like, look at that. Thir- count it down. One, two, third button down. It's, you can hear it. Help me. Help me. So we had all kinds of fun with him during staff meeting this week. Andrew Kim, who's over at our Troy campus, uh, actually took a picture of this. And we, like, passed it all around. And Andrew was like, you can even see skin. <laughs> like, oh, boy. So I just told him, like, dude, you just got to pick a different shirt next time you come. I'm like, I have to do this to make that happen. Like, this is crazy. So anyways, I think he's making fun of me at the Clarkson campus this morning. So that's why I'm making fun of him. But I did tell him, when you come back, just pick a different shirt. Here's the thing. This whole series, if you're just catching up with us or if you missed it last week, this whole series is ultimately about one truth. And it is the truth of the importance of what you and I dress ourselves in. Let me take you back to the place that Jeremiah started us in, in a book called Colossians, written by a man named Paul, to a church that he was a part of starting. Colossians chapter 3, Paul says these words. It's where Jeremiah began with us last week. Therefore, is God's chosen people holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves, everybody say clothe yourself, with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another if you have any grievances against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. So play along with me for just one minute. Say this out loud. Say, it matters what I wear. Paul's picked very intentional words here when he says, clothe yourself. Now, let's just be honest that we tend to put a lot more emphasis at times in our life into what we clothe ourselves with on the outside than what we do on the inside. However, an argument can be made that there's some of us that need to pay a little bit better attention to what we clothe ourselves with on the outside. So being that it's Father's Day, and I think among all groups of people, dads are the most easily picked on, justifiably so, for some of the outfits we wear, I want to present to you a few things that starting this Father's Day forward should not be worn anymore. Here we go. Picture number one. Uh, so I'm just going to apologize right now because in the first service, there's a few people with outfits that they're about to see. And one guy was like, are you trying to fend me? Yes. So um, I'm kidding, but you shouldn't wear a Hawaiian shirt. I think those went out a little while ago, but even worse is the what? The fanny pack. The only time I've slightly seen a fanny pack maybe be acceptable was my brother-in-law before he retired from the police department. He used to keep his firearm in his fanny pack. I'm like, okay, if you got a gun in there, I'm not going to argue with the fanny pack. Uh, Next picture. Uh Uh-uh. 
Listen, for the love of all that is beautiful and good and right in this world, stop wearing socks with sandals. And you're like, I do that all the time. You shouldn't. I love you, but you shouldn't. No, number three picture, jorts. Like, okay, maybe for a hot minute when we all realize, wait, I can wear jeans and shorts. Yeah, that hot minute passed long ago. It's not a good look anymore, needs to go away. So I did realize during the week I was coming up with some of these pictures and I thought, man, all I'm doing is criticizing. I'm offering nothing in response. So this is what I did. I went online and I Googled men's fashion show, which I'm just gonna tell you right now, don't do that. But, but I came up with an option that I wanna present to you for all the things I'm saying don't wear. Here apparently is at the top of the list of trendy things right now that men should be wearing. I don't even know what to say to that guy. He's not even happy. Look at his face. They told him to smile, and that's what they got. So when I was in high school, the uh, popular brand of jeans, I'm going to date myself a little bit. Some of you will remember these, was Get Used. Anybody? You remember Get Used? It literally was just a pair of jeans that had rips in them, so like jeans today. And, but it had these, these labels all over them. It said, Get Used, Get Used, Get Used. Well, I came from a family with seven brothers and sisters, including myself, so uh, we did not have the money to afford get used. So I just said, get Meyer or Kmart, I don't know what it was, but my buddy, who was a single kid, he had all the brands, all the brand names, all the high-end labels, so he had like a closet full of get used. And I remember this one time I was hanging out, and he was throwing a pair of them away. I'm like, what are you, did you don't throw away get used? But they were totally trash. He like ripped them almost in half, he outgrew them. So then I had this idea. I was like, oh, I could cut the labels off and I could sew them on my jeans. And I'd probably convince everybody they're real. And so I did. And here's the funny thing. Like, I'm immediately, you know this, like immediately I felt like such a poser. And I was just desperately hoping nobody would find me out. And it worked for like two or three days. And then one day in biology, I'm sitting there and some kid behind me like literally grabs the tag on the back that I sewed on. And he goes, dude, those aren't real get used. And I was just horrified because all of a sudden everybody knew I was just faking it and posing and I did not have a real pair of get used. So here's the deal. Maybe you have never faked a pair of high-end labeled jeans, but this is what I do believe for all of us, myself, for you. We tend to put way more attention into what we clothe our body with than what we clothe our soul with. What we put on the outside than what we put on the inside. And so this is why it's so important to go back to what Paul said when he said, clothe yourselves, because he seems to indicate that this is a choice we can make. But it's also not just about choice, it's about intentionality. He says, listen, you have to be, as he says, clothe yourself. He's leaning into us making very intentional choices with what it is that we decide every single day will be what dresses the inward part of who we are. And it has to be intentional. Because just like real clothes, nobody wakes up in the morning fully dressed. You have never done this. You've never crawled out of bed and been like, what in the heck happened? I'm already dressed. Okay, good. Nor have you reached into the drawer. Well, maybe you've done this. But you don't tend to just reach into the drawer and whatever you grab, that's just what it is, and you go with it. There's a process. There's a thinking that goes behind it. That means that you're as intentional with what you say yes to as what you say no to. Unless you're a junior high age boy, then it's just smell tests. Yep, that's good. And you wear it. Otherwise, there's all kinds of process of thought that goes into it. This matches. That doesn't match these shoes. That. And this is what Paul's talking about. That form of intentionality should go into what we decide to clothe our inner part with. And, and the list is pretty incredible. I want to go back to it and sit in this for a minute. Here's what he said. Compassion. Kindness. Humility. 
gentleness, patience, forgiveness. And then he says, lastly, love, which he uniquely says of all the list is the one that binds them all together. So, so my, where's all my dads? Hands up in the room, online, in the chat, dads. All right, I want to lean into you for just a minute, and I want to ask you specifically, what if that was the outfit that you put on every day intentionally, that you chose every day that you will be a person of compassion, that you will be a person of kindness, of humility, of gentleness, of patience, that you would choose you would be a person of forgiveness, that you would choose every day that you would put on, above all else, love. Like, think about that. How might that, if that's literally what you dressed yourself in every day, how might that impact or possibly even change a relationship at work, maybe the dynamic in your marriage, your relationship with your kids, maybe even impact your own mental health? Instead, what I think is true about a lot of us as dads, is that as men even, is that I think oftentimes we go through life and the thing that we feel most clothed with is kind of a fake pair of used jeans. And we're just kind of pretending through life is what we feel, hoping we don't get found out to be a poser. And instead what we do is we look around at us at all the other dads and all the other men around us and we end up convincing ourselves that they're the real brand. That guy's the real brand of a dad. That's the real brand of a husband. That's the real brand of a man. That's the real brand of success. And we end up believing that instead we're wearing some kind of posered, fake version, just hoping nobody finds out that we're not quite as good as we hope we were portraying ourselves to be. And I don't know if you have to do this, but I have to do this often. I have to remind myself there is no such thing as a pro-athlete dad. There are times in my life with my three kids Two of them are here right now, and they can tell you this, that I have struck out. And there are times I've hit a home run. But I think the key is to know what you're swinging for. So even if you don't know baseball or don't like baseball, probably I would assume most of us are familiar with the most famous home run in history. October 1st, 19, what was it, 31, 32? October 1st, 1932. Babe Ruth, it was a World Series, called his shot, Fifth inning of game three, he had a two-ball, two-strike count on him, and he paused in between pitches, and he famously pointed with two fingers out towards center field, and then he stepped up to the plate and crushed that next pitch and dropped it into the seats of the center field. Nobody's talking about it simply because he hit the home run. Babe Ruth hit all kinds of home runs throughout his career that none of us talk about, none of us even know about. That one was important because why? You just said it. He called the shot. Because he could have gotten up to the plate and he could have struck out. He could have got up to the plate, he could have had a foul, he could have made an error. But instead, he hit it. Big deal. Here's what's the deal. He knew where he was aiming. He knew what he was swinging for. So let me bring it back to the kind of analogy we're using for the series, the wardrobe. You and I as parents, dad's leaning into you for a minute again. You, whatever you clothe yourself with, you are handing that down to your kids. And whatever you do clothe yourself with, you're picking it. Even if it's not the list that Paul said. Whatever it is, you're choosing it. And the reality is, you are handing that down to your kids. It is your hand-me-downs to them. Or your dad-me-downs. It's what you're passing down to your kids. And they're picking it up from you. 
Knowing where we're swinging is the intentionality on our part to say, what will I clothe myself with every single day? Because it will be what I hand down to my kids. It will be what I pass off to them. You know, there's that, that phrase that we use. It's, it's cliche, but we use it a lot when we're talking about training people in something. We say it's more caught than what? Than taught. It's more caught than taught. And I think a lot of ways parenting is like this. It's more caught than taught. This is the idea that we are handing down whatever we clothe ourselves in. And we are being watched. And our kids are picking it up from us. I, um, matter of fact, I've noticed with my kids, like you ever, you ever have these moments where you look at your kids and you see them do something and you're really proud and you just know in, in a proud parent way, like they did that, they said that, they act that way because of me, like my wife, my, my husband, like we did that together or I just did that. But then there's other times, like you look at them do something and you're like getting mad and you're about to scold and then you realize, oops, I taught them every bit of that too. Like my kids, and I asked for your permission to do this, so my kids have this thing I've seen them do, all three of them. They have this, I don't know how else to describe it. I call it the you're an idiot face that they give each other and other people. Um, let me show you a picture of it. This is a recent trip we did to D.C. So on the left there in the white, that's my daughter Joslyn, and Corinne's on the other side of her. So zoom in on Joslyn. You can see better. Corinne's just loving life. Look at the smile. Look at Joslyn. <laughs> that's the face. So I've long tried to figure out where does this come from? We've not taught them to be these people. So I concluded it must be my wife until somebody showed me photo evidence to the contrary. We have this picture here of me with the guy I used to coach soccer with. Go ahead, we can zoom in if it's not obvious. <laughs> I don't know what he was saying, but clearly I did not like it and had the you're an idiot look on my face. My wife tells me I use that look often. If you've received it from me, apologies. But here's, again, just to underscore this idea, what you clothe yourself with. That was not kindness. What you clothe yourself with, you're handing down. I saw this video a couple years ago, and I've been saving it for the right moment, and I think it's today that I want you to watch that is such a great example of the power of being watched, being emulated, and even more so, being intentional to realize you're being emulated, and then what you do with it. Check this out. Life's just so uh, amazing to me. Like, when I walk through that door, I feel happy. Put a smile on my face. I see a lot of people here that know me and I know them. It makes me feel awesome. I'm Carter Clark. I'm a bodybuilder. You never give up. Working here at Bob's makes like a home to me. So I, so I come here every day and collect my head. Just makes my day. Here, let's go. One. Two. More than that. Two. He's always had an interest in the WWE, and that's where it all started. And he's always looked up to John Cena. Then he realized that John Cena was a bodybuilder, and to get to where he wants to go, and he still wants to go, was to become a bodybuilder. And then so it all just kind of fell in place when we met Glenn. He taught me all about fitness life and bodybuilding. Fitness changed my life emotionally, physically. Don't quit, don't quit. Colin was working the front desk. He was extremely introverted and extremely shy. I was in here 
practicing my posing routine for an upcoming bodybuilding show. And unbeknownst to me, Colin would come and peek through the blinds there and watch me. Then one day, Colin looked around, snuck in the room, got under the lights, took his shirt off, and then he started emulating my every move. That's when I knew I had a responsibility. I said, hey, Glenn, hey, can we talk about me being a bodybuilder? He said, yeah, uh, I'll put you under my wing and we can do it together. Uh, he's a big brother to me and I consider him as a, a real family member to me. I just woke up to him every day as a mentor. This is my fifth place um, award when I won um, fifth place in bodybuilding competition. We always thought that he could do whatever he set out to do, but for yeah. someone else to see that in him and do it, it means a lot. Glenn has been his trainer, his inspiration. He looks up to him so much, so this is a special night for both of them. It was spiritual, it was moving. When someone has that much passion, that's contagious. He's made this transition and this change and he's now confident. When the sound comes to you, you gotta overcome all the odds. Yeah, it might get hard, it might hurt, but you, know, you gotta keep fighting, you gotta keep pushing with, with everything you've got. Isn't that awesome? So my favorite line in that whole video was when, yeah, actually I have it on the screen, when he said, when I realized Colin was watching me, and then specifically he said when he was emulating me, he said, that's when I realized I have a responsibility. And he noticed first, did you catch it? He said he saw Colin peeking through the blinds. Listen, I get, parenting is it's a weird thing in this way. There, I think there's a very small window in time in which we really believe that our kids are watching us and that we can have an impact. Because when they're super young, we're like, ah, they're not really watching. They're too young to be impressionable. And then as they get older into like the teenage years, we think, ah, they hate us now. They don't want to learn anything from us. So there is a small window of time, but I actually think that's not accurate. I think it is the full window. And I think our kids are peeking through the blinds at us more than we realize. I continue to be reminded of that in my relationship with my own kids. Dads, what are you putting on? He said, I realized when I was being emulated, I had a responsibility. Listen to me. You have a responsibility, and this is your responsibility, is to be deeply, deeply intentional with what you are daily choosing to clothe yourself with. When Paul said, clothe yourself, and he gives us this list, he seems to be indicating that this is our choice. We can choose this. And you may not be great at it. You may have to stumble into some of it. You may have to grow into much of it. Welcome to the party. But we can choose this. Choose love. Choose kindness. Choose compassion. Choose forgiveness. And Paul says, it's so important that you choose. Why? Because we have to decide what we are wearing because we are being watched. We are being emulated. We are creating hand-me-downs for our kids, and they're wearing them themselves.
So I just want to give you a couple of things to pay attention to that I'm trying to pay attention to as well. And this is where some days, home run. Other days, strikeout. But there's a couple of things, and it's not exhaustive, that I think if we are better clothing ourselves in, we will get better at being able to hand them down to our kids. Number one on your screen, whether you want to write it down or take a picture, I'd encourage you to do one of the two. Number one is to clothe yourself with the clothes of a beloved son. Let me tell you why and then give you a verse and a little bit of a description. The reason is that what we would hand down is love, not apathy or anger. There's a verse in the Bible that comes out of the Old Testament in a book called Zephaniah. It maybe isn't a book many of you have heard of or some of you haven't. It really is a book there, small and obscure as it is. There's a series of verses in Zephaniah that years ago when I read it became some of the most important words for me understanding God's heart towards me. And maybe it will be for you as well. It says here in verse 17, The Lord your God is with you, the mighty warrior who saves you. He will take great delight in you. In his love, he will no longer rebuke you, but he will rejoice over you with, say it, with singing, with singing. Listen to me. Do you realize that the God of creation who is if he is all that he says he is, is the only one to whom everyone is accountable and he is accountable to none. The power of all things and over all things sings to you, about you, about his affection for you. Like you don't walk around just singing to anybody. Like if you go into work tomorrow and you're like, hello everybody, I'm glad to be here. Like everyone's like, you're fired. Like it's just weird. But you'll probably sing over your kids. And maybe it's not a song song, maybe it's a poem, maybe it's a special thing you say, but there is a way that we can put affection into words. My wife started singing, Nicole, to our kids when they were practically born, I think, just after they were born. She started a habit of every night, the process of putting them to bed involved a song. And this one time she was out of town, and so I was with the kids for a few days, and my girls said, Dad, you got to sing before we go to bed. I'm like, oh no, that's mom's thing. They're like, no, you got to sing. And so I don't know why this is what I did, but it became a habit for the longest time is I defaulted back to a song that I had learned in Spanish years earlier on a mission trip to Mexico. And so I just started singing to them. Don't judge my Spanish. Padre Teodoro, quiero darte mi toro, cuanto te amo. And Padre, Father, I'd switch it out with the Espiritu, Spirit, and then Cristo, Christ. And we would just sing it over and over until they began to sing as well. I, I think sometimes we miss... As dads, the affection that God has for us, that you are sung over by him. And some of you, here's what I know, here's what I believe. Some of you already, you'll feel a little resistance and you'll go, well, maybe not me so much. I get that, that guy over there, he probably sings a lot over him, but I got stuff. I've done some things, I have stuff I'm not proud of, maybe even last night, and like, Ugh. And, and that's where this lie begins to seep in, that you're just wearing the fakeness that you've got the cheap brand on. And God would say, no, 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 no. My message to you is that in all that makes you you, I still knew it and I died for you. I came running to you. I gave my life for you. Not because I only kind of care about you, but because I sing over you my affection. The more that we can clothe ourselves in that, the more we will begin to hand that down to our kids. So my dad and I growing up, and my dad is an incredible man. But we had probably what was more like a typical father-son relationship. I was the firstborn. There were seven of us. 
And I think in many ways, my dad was figuring out how to be a dad at the same time that I came around. And so I, there was fun, but there was often a lack of real affection and tenderness. And I just know for me, it created a struggle over time to really understand the tender heart of God towards me. And I will tell you where that began to shift. Years later, I was working at a church, and I was a youth pastor. It was my first job in ministry. And I had this weird episode where I had passed out, and I don't know why and what happened entirely. But in the process of passing out, I also fell so hard, I smacked my head off of something that just put me out entirely cold. So my wife comes home, finds me passed out, blah, 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 ambulance, hospital. So later that afternoon, the guy that I worked for at the time, who was the senior pastor of the church, comes rushing into the hospital and he finds out. And all like massive, big football, ex-college quarterback frame of him, dudes, dudes, guy. I, I'm kind of like a little in and out. <clears throat> and he's standing above me in the hospital, rubbing my hair, kissing my forehead, and calling me his beloved son. I didn't even know what to do with that at the moment. But I will tell you this. That moment in my relationship with him started to shift my understanding of Jesus' heart for me. See, I'm not telling you that because if you're ever in a hospital, I'm going to come visit you and kiss your forehead. I'm telling you that because I began to learn something about God's affection for me from him. It wasn't, it wasn't a Bible study that I did. It wasn't a sermon that I heard. It was another grown man showing me how in his strength to be tender and affectionate towards me as another man. And that started to help me see something I'd never seen before about the heart of God for me. The heart of the God who sings for me, who sings for you. The more you begin to sit in a place of awareness that God, to you and him, listen, he looks at you and you are deeply beloved to him the more you will pass that off. Here's the other thing I think we have to learn to clothe ourselves in, is the clothes of a burden-lifted son. Here's why. That you might hand down joy and not grief. Here's the words of Jesus out of the book of Matthew. Some of you will recognize this right away, but it's a word to all of us, but again, hear it uniquely to you this morning, dads. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. My yoke is easy, and my burden is light. I don't know how this works. I wish I could explain it, but I can tell you I've experienced it. So I mentioned it earlier this morning. There are moments that I have just come to God with deep, deep burden. Like my shoulders down, my, my back crunched, like I can feel it in my soul. And there's just something that uniquely happens when you go to the being that says, I'm not just your God, I am your dad. And you lay that in front of him and I'm just telling you, there is something supernatural that takes place where he starts to lift that. It maybe doesn't change a circumstance, maybe you still have to go through it and he'll walk through you with it. But he takes it in a unique way off of your shoulders. He does that for you. He wants to do that for you. Do you know some of you right now are carrying burden for no other reason than you won't give it up? To the God who says, if you will just come to me, my yoke is easy, and I will give rest to your soul. The more we can sit in that place, guess what we start to do with our kids? We become burden lifters. I think this is one of the unique responsibilities of a dad, is to remove the burdens from their kids' shoulders. And to also be attentive to how we might be placing burdens on them. 
So I, I heard a pastor recently give a really great, just a different understanding for me on this idea of charging your kids rent when they graduate. Like that was my story. That's probably some of yours as well. Like when I graduated, my dad's like, all right, so here's the rent situation. If you're going to live here, I'm like, whoa, wait, what? Like I, I'm, if I'm going to pay rent, I'm not living here. I'm out. And so I've even been joking with my son, Tobin. He just graduated. And I'm like, all right, time to start talking about rent. He hates that joke. So I heard this pastor recently. He said, why would I charge my kids rent to live at home? Especially at that phase of their life, there's already so much burden on their shoulders. Why would I add more? Now hear me, especially my wife who's sitting over there and she's like, what? If Tobin is like 31 and eating Doritos and living in the basement and playing Xbox, we've got a problem and I'm probably doing more than charging him rent. We have bigger issues than rent or no rent. But I'm saying there are moments uniquely where we don't just need to fall into the mold of what has been done for us and should be done. We need to ask ourselves, is there a burden I can remove? We also need to ask ourselves, are there burdens I'm placing? I mean, let's just be honest. Sometimes academics can be turned into a burden. None of us want to see our kids cheat their way through, do poor, not apply themselves. But all of us are different. And all of us struggle uniquely different. And for some of us, we're placing burdens academically. Some of us, it's athletically. you got to be the best at the travel of this. We've all seen the story of the, of the kid who's just amazing, gets the scholarship. And then after going through years and years of travel this, travel that, succeeding, excelling, scholarship offer, they quit. Why? Because it became grievous to them, not joyful. Because it became a burden instead of a burden being lifted. Sometimes it's also about future career. Become this, become that, pursue this education so that you become this profession. Can we just be honest? Sometimes what we push our kids towards is less about what we want for them and more about how it reflects back on us. And we place a burden on them. Our job is to be burden removers. I feel like even for me growing up as the firstborn of seven kids, I I just kind of navigated life alone. There's a lot of things in life I feel like I just had to figure out. So one of the things I've tried to learn how to do with my kids, and it's a very new habit for me, is to go to them and just say, hey, what can I help you figure out? I did this with my son recently. We were just hanging out, and I said, hey, what can I help you figure out? And he goes, what? Nothing. We're mountain biking. What are you talking about? And I'm like, no, I mean, like, like in life. Like, is, you feel like there's anything right now you're just trying to get your head around? And, and it took a couple of minutes and a little bit of probing, but finally he started talking to me about a an issue with some of his friends that he's going through. And so we started talking about it. And that's opened up for he and I to have several conversations about this, including most recently in the last few days getting a te- text from him because he's in Chicago visiting his cousin that just got out of the military. And he sent me this text about an update in that relationship and kind of a breakthrough that he just had. All of that I've been invited into his life in that moment trying to do what I can to help possibly remove some burdens by simply asking, is there anything I can help you figure out right now? And so I think you and I as parents and dads, I think the more that we sit at the feet of our Father in heaven who removes our burdens, the hand-me-down will be us as burden lifters. Here's the third one I'll give you, is that we need to clothe ourselves in the clothes of a pursued son, that we may hand down value and not insecurity. Do you know how many men I talk to regularly that still, at a grown-up age of life, are still fighting deep insecurity because dad never pursued them. Because maybe dad pursued his career, or dad pursued another sibling, or dad pursued another family, or dad pursued his hobby, 
but never felt like they were pursued. And often what that lends to is us living in this place of deep insecurity, longing all the way to the grave for our dad's approval, for our dad's pursuit, for that attaboy pat on the back, you got this. Our hearts long for that because I think it's part of what God does for us. Listen to what David once said in the Psalms about how God pursues us. He says, your beauty and your love chase after me. How often? Every day. Every day of my life. Do you realize this is God the Father for you? He is chasing after you every day. Why? To beat me up, to scold me, to shame me? No. Love and beauty. Because he's affectionate for you. Because you are his blessed son. You are his blessed daughter. He's chasing after you every day. Do you realize the more that we can sit in an awareness of that, the more I think it will prompt us to chase uniquely, to pursue our kids, to make them know they are pursued. Instead of feeling like something else in our life is more of a priority that gets more pursuit. Let me give you one of the things that we do here uh, every year just to create a space for this. It's Rock Your Family. So last year we didn't do it because of COVID. This year as we're kind of stepping back into it, it's going to be a one-day thing. But again, this isn't the end all of all, but it's a space. It's a place where we're designating as an opportunity for you with your families to pursue. So I just encourage you, like if, if this is something that you're going to be around for, that you can make time for, I think it would be a major benefit to you. Again, it's a place. It's a space. But you've also got to figure out what that looks like uniquely because our kids are all different. And so it requires for me, and my pursuit of Tobin looks very different than my pursuit of Jocelyn, than my pursuit of Corinne. Their hobbies are different, their interests are different, their personalities are different. But I just wonder how much time we as dads put into intentionally thinking about how do I let my sons, my daughters, my children know I am pursuing them. Not just putting up with them when they're around. I'm pursuing them. And here's the last one I would give you is that we need to be men willing to put on the clothes of a follower before a father. That ultimately, what you will hand down is Jesus. There's, a, again, another famous moment that Jesus taught and kind of this idea of being connected, I think, ultimately, really, to himself and what that does and what that produces. He says this, Remain in me, and I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, I love this promise, you will. If you've ever had a moment where you thought, like, I don't know how to do this parenting thing. I don't know how to figure this out. Am I doing it the right way? He says, if you remain in me, you will. That's a promise. Not maybe, you will bear much fruit in everything, in your marriage, in your workspace, in your parenting. Apart from me, though, you can do nothing. Remain in me. You're the vine. Branch, he's the vine. If you get cut off, you don't bear anything. We know that. But if you're attached, you bear fruit. That's what he's saying. If you want to see produced out of you what your children need from you, stay connected to me. More than anything else, pursue me. The greatest thing you can ever do as a parent for your children is pursue Jesus. Desperately, passionately, daily. 
It is the most important. I'm telling you, I have seen it in my own life. The times I am passionately pursuing Jesus, I'm just going to tell you, I'm a better dad. I'm a better husband. I'm a better person. Because as I pursue him, he produces fruit in me. We will always struggle to father well if we're not well-fathered. But when I pursue the father, I become a better father. And the more I pursue the father, the more I know and I believe and I feel that I am beloved, I am pursued, and I experience him lifting my burdens. And that transforms me to be that for the people in my life and for my children. But you've got to run to the Father first. So we're actually going to sing the song, Run to the Father. It's one of my favorite songs that we do here. And here's what I'm just going to ask you. For some of you, maybe you need to sing it because sometimes when we go out loud with words, it becomes kind of a promise, a declaration. But maybe some of you need to sit in this for a moment and let it soak in because some of you need to continue to believe deeper than you have yet believed. Listen to me. That the only reason we can run to the Father is because he first ran to us. He ran from his throne to the cross, to the tomb, out of the tomb, and then back to you to put his arms around you, his beloved son and daughter. May we be those who run to the Father.
So remember how I said sometimes as a dad I strike out, sometimes as a pastor I do too. Forgot the offering this morning, so I was reminded of that backstage. Uh, I, I want to tell you this really quick story. It happened this last week. Somebody from our Orient community called me up. Uh, we had just finished this TTI partnership kind of explanation. We went through a series called Go, all about our heart to get outside these walls, to do what Jesus told us to do. And at the end of that, we asked people to be a part of this partnership at $300, a church plant in northern India, Nepal. And so I had somebody call me up this last week and say, hey, my family and I have been thinking about this, and we want to be a part of this. We want to personally, as a family, take on 20 of those church plants. I'm <laughs> like, what? There will be 20 new churches reaching who knows how many people in areas right now that desperately need to know there's a father that loves them whose name is Jesus because of the generosity of this place. So I'm continually blown away at your open-handedness that enables us to do what God has called us to do. And so if you do that with us, you're a part of this, you know how to do this. If you don't, then I just love to invite you to join us and be on this mission with us. Here's all the ways to do it. It's on the screen. You can even do, uh, if you're here with us and not just watching online, you can drop something into the buckets on the way out if you prefer to do that. But I just want to say thank you because these are real moments that turn into real people meeting the real living Jesus Christ. So thank you for being with us this morning. Again, happy Father's Day as you go out and you celebrate who are the fathers in your life who have loved you. Uh, make sure to take a whack at the uh, Power Man Tower or whatever thing out there before you go and have some fun with it. If we can serve you with our prayer team before you walk out, they're back here to do that. So let them love on you, listen to you, pray for you or pray with you. But otherwise, have a phenomenal rest of the day and the week. We'll see you next Sunday. You've been listening to the Kensington Church Podcast. If you've enjoyed this recording, check back weekly for new content. You can find Kensington on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and of course, at kensingtonchurch.org.